Break out your library cord, cord. Because <laughs> reading is what? Fundamental. Read, honey. What? Fun fundamental. Yes, queen, yes, queen, yes, queen. What? Honey. Fun. Now, just check that. Yeah! Oh, why? I just want to know how much Sally's paying y'all folk. A hundred? Two hundred? Two fifty maybe? Because I do not get it, child. I really don't. Maybe it's crack. Is it crack? The way this book was overhyped and the way I was completely bored throughout, it made no damn sense. No damn sense. I mean, like, to say in simple terms, this book had no meat, no sides. If this book was for example a thanksgiving meal it would just be the mashed potatoes i mean mashed potatoes is good i mean obviously but what's the mashed potatoes without the mac and cheese the turkey the cranberry sauce the greens i mean you get the point honey now let's get to the book in hand beautiful world where are you by sally rooney many of you know her from her other infamous books normal people in conversations with friends this book Beautiful World, Where Are You? is set more in the pandemic stage of our time, uh, early circa 2018, towards the end as well, um, as compared to her other books. It follows two best friends, Alice, a writer, who falls in love with Felix, although I wouldn't say it's love or she fell in love. I just, I'll get to that point. And her best friend, Eileen, who's sort of in a limbo, not really sure what she's doing with her life, not really doing much, who also falls in love with Simon. Or I should say, a roller coaster of emotions between love and intense <laughs> admiration. Simon, a man who she's known since she was in diapers, which is a bit, to me, is a bit weird. I mean, wouldn't you see that person sort of like a, like family, your brother, your cousin? I mean, if I see you at a family reunion or you come to my house before I hit puberty, you as family, honey. I'm sorry. Anyway, so it follows them and it explores their friendships, navigating life as a young woman in her late 20s, and above all, relationships and the need to find love. They kind of sound like me, to be quite honest. The pace of this book was incredibly slow. Rooney's writing style is sort of like a plain Jane type of feel. It was simple, easy to, to digest, and easy to follow. Although in the beginning of the book for me, it was a bit hard to follow as well because Rooney had not yet introduced the characters by name. Instead, she was calling them the woman and the man and later on moved on to their names. Even with their names, child, I really didn't understand how I kept on was like, I kept on thinking, wait, who was with the writer? Who is the one that worked at the magazine? Who loves Felix? Who I was confused in, I would say, a good two, three chapters. I shall preface that nothing I say about the book itself, Beautiful World, Where Are You, is in no fact about Miss Sally herself. She's just a person who writes books, and although I think she writes incredibly well, and throughout the book painted a beautiful picture with her macro lens observation on the characters, I indeed did not like their painting. I mean, you can paint, honey, you can paint well, but... I don't gotta like it. <laughs> this is where the spoilers start. So if you had not read the book, please click off now. And if my brief telling wasn't enough to pressure you or persuade you not to buy this book and just watch some reviews on YouTube, girl, 
then by all means, love, you might love it, you buy it, you do you. Anyway, so Alice and Eileen met in university. They were roommates who blossomed their relationship from a simple roommate roommate relationship uh, to uh, a good actual actual friendship um, via the combined footing that they were both not liked. Alice, although very popular, definitely thought she was disliked or had a sort of personality or behaviors that turned people completely off, as she says that to Felix later on in the book. And Eileen, who was sort of like the ugly duckling and never fit in growing up at home and at school, and was in constant at with her older sister. However, the old the only person who quote unquote was on her side throughout this was Simon the epileptic. I should not call him that. <laughs> Anyways, they eventually graduate and move on with their with their lives. Eileen moves in with her boyfriend, her long-term boyfriend, and Alice moves from city to city, and one of the cities being the big NYC as she starts to succeed in um, her writing career. The two stay in touch by emails. These emails were the only thing that kept me reading the book, to be quite honest. They were the only part of the book that had life touching them. Rooney formatted the book where there was a chapter followed by an email. Then the chapter had either Alice or Eileen doing something with either Simon or Felix and going about their day-to-day lives, like going to the grocery store or a book signing for Alice. Literally such mundane day-to-day living. Sally did not even give us a promotion or something, something to look forward to. Although she did give us a birthday party somewhere towards the ending, but even that birthday party child was beyond boring. So yeah. After these boring chapters, <laughs> Rooney followed it up with an email between the two girls. And the emails was the moment, honey. They gave us an insight into their mind about what was happening during the last chapter and how they viewed what was happening in their lives. And also a brief insight into their intellectual thoughts about religion, politics, class statuses, money, Marxism, uh, climate change, sex history, human history, anthropology. Alice writes, but talks about how she read a book about anthropology and she talks about it with Eileen. I mean, these emails between them, even though it was long, it was funny, witty, thought-provoking. I see myself at times like standing them both like, yes, honey, you do you. Like, wow, these girls are actually girls that actually have, I would love to have a discourse with, but I mean, I wouldn't want to be their friends, but I would definitely join that email. So hook a girl up, Eileen and Alice. Now with them in both in Ireland, Eileen was already living there. And Alice had a breakdown per se with her famous writing problems and had to return back to Ireland. Living three hours away, not really close in the literal physical sense, obviously, because they're three hours away where they can experience what everything that they were going on. They were still very much close because they knew all that was happening and all that was going on with their lives through these emails. I do feel like because this book came out during the quarantine, um, multiple, multiple people picked it up and loved it because it did mimic what some of us were going through with the seesaw of emotions as you were physically separated from your loved ones and your potential lovers with the only way of contacting them or staying in touch with them being electronically, either through text or emails. Like I said before, the email was formatted in a way where Alice and Eileen would do something with their potentials, Felix and Simon, and then an email follows, and that following email comes the sex. 
Now, the reviews on this book specifically about the sex scenes acted like it was something cha, like marvelous, exceptional. These sex scenes were as just as much as a sex scene as sorbet is ice cream. I said what I said. Like it was dry, boring, and freaking Eileen constantly telling Simon, I love you during these scenes were so irritating. Like, let's pause. Let's pause, y'all. And get on Eileen's ass. She was so whiny. She had two personalities. One was either stalking her ex on Instagram and her ex's new boo. I mean, that's a that's a personality. That's a side that we all know. All of us have stalked their ex and their new boo on Instagram. And the other was worshipping Simon. She kept on with, does he like me? Does he love me? It was exhausting y'all she pegs me for an insecure little girl who hasn't grown past her traumas and her insecurities and was continuing and seeking validation from simon am i a good girl no the bitch no you're not no bitch you is not i'm sorry i'm sorry i mean i'm all here for a good praise king believe me but this was desperation masking up as a praise kink, y'all. It was not it. it. It definitely was not. And Simon, who I thought was bland, would fall into her gaslighting and demands and her narcissistic need for his approval and her dependency on making him happy with her, pleased with her. Like, huh? Simon, who is five years older than her, who knew who she knew practically since she was in diapers, is in finance or politics, I don't know, something boring like that white heterosexual lived in paris for work had a girlfriend who eileen sort of ruined that relationship too she plays she played this man y'all something is wrong with her she'd say no nah, we can't be together and then the minute he starts seeing someone she's at his door like let's fuck or she would send him a cryptic text message who makes and he's also in love with her he's been in love with her so she sends him this cryptic text message and he he starts <laughs> second guessing his um decisions even simon recognized this behavior pattern and was like what's going on anyways so simon has his life together has a good job he's incredibly good looking according to alice's boo felix and he's a devout catholic which the girls don't understand they're looking down on they when they were looking down on religion that was also a turn off like let people believe what they want to believe if someone wants to believe in buddha or allah or jehovah that's their business. If they want to believe in a flip-flop down the street, let them believe. Especially if the person was like Simon who doesn't push it down your throat. Like, damn. They thought someone with intellect can surely see past the mysticism of Jesus. Like, I mean, this is why them heifers fall in love so quickly. Because they make no damn sense. They got no mind. Anyways, Alice meets uh, Felix on a dating app. The first time they meet up, they don't really hit it off because Felix was also so insecure. He kept on projecting like, you speak down to me, you think you're better than me, yada, yada, yada. He gets worse throughout the book. Anyways, so after the first date, which doesn't go anywhere, doesn't, they don't really see it. They don't, basically, they don't bump the nasties. They keep bumping into each other in town and whatnot and start a fake ass friendship and this famous writer alice then takes mr warehouse manager felix all the way to rome that i didn't understand you barely knew this man and you're like let's go to rome how about he killed you alice how about do you not watch crime documentaries alice and there they start their relationship relationship i swear to y'all i it, it didn't even feel like two chapters and in and alice was already confessing her love to felix 
When did this occur? Y'all be throwing out love so willingly. I mean, Alice, girl, you write characters for a living. Good God. Now, how the heck do you fall in love with someone so quickly? And Felix was everything because he's like, oh, well, I don't love you. Um, and that was my horrible attempt at an Irish accent. Let me try again. Oh, well, I don't know. Never mind. And if you say anything about it, you anti black. <laughs> just kidding anyways alice was in this huge house sending emails having felix come over fuck her silly and then criticize her and she ain't care one bit half of the time felix was talking to her and i was like that would not fly with me one night he comes to her place pissed drunk wanting some you know mm -mm, and she obviously got offended by that and then afterwards was quickly to forgive him and move on that part was beyond me like how does he just say two words and you're like okay let's go upstairs and you're holding him by the hand and taking him upstairs and then allowing him to fuck you again doesn't make sense one thing sally can do honey is write characters who i got so annoyed with i guess that's what a good writer does invoke emotions but this isn't invoking emotions it's straight up bullshit i'm just being salty I have to give roses where roses are due and Sally can write the heck out of these characters because at times I thought Alice was a mirror, minor mirror of her because she's a famous writer and maybe Alice thoughts on how the book community can be so toxic in the sense of wanting more, wanting to know more about everything about a writer is a bit of Sally shining through, dare I say, because she's so private with her personal life and her distaste with Social engagements can also be a small piece of Sally also. All in all, this book was very tiresome and so predictable. The only part that I did not predict, again, very much spoiler alert, move past this part if you haven't read the novel, is when Eileen gets pregnant and si with Simon's child and Simon was happy. I thought with his Catholic self, he'd probably be a bit more taken back. Like, uh-uh, God, God is not going to be happy or is frowning down upon us having premarital sex and having a child but, but he was jumping up and down for joy um and honestly i'm happy for them i'm happy for their little fictional family everything else was very predictable and redundant and repetitive and every other synonym that can fall in line with that again y'all i have no idea how sally did it to have this book trending and how y'all tried to shove this down our throats um, some of y'all compared her writing to Jane Austen and to those, I gotta say, is it crack? Is it? Anyways, thank you guys for listening to my first ever podcast. I really appreciate it if you follow your girl. And if you want me to read a book and want my take on it, shoot me an email or tweet me at reread2, but it's we W-R-E-A-D-T-O-O. -O. Love you guys. Take care and have a happy, happy new year.